Hi, and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded. Land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Executive Chef Jason Stout at Stoke House. I went into Stoke House at golden hour as the glow of the late afternoon sun bathed the dining room. Winter is the best time for sunsets, they told me, and as I left after chatting to Jason, the sky was awash with deep coral. It's a stunning dining room. Who wouldn't want to sip wine and eat glorious food looking out over Port Phillip Bay? It's even more stunning once you know how intentional the rebuild was post-2014 fire. Owner Frank von Handel wants to contribute to a world his grandchildren will enjoy, and to that end, worked with designers, architects and chefs to create a sustainable building and sustainable practices. Leading the kitchen and the sustainability goal is Jason Stout, who began his career at the age of 15, attending cooking school at SAIT before completing his training at the River Cafe in Calgary. He then moved to the Alaskan and Northern British Columbian regions to work on a private yacht, catching the seafood he would then go on to cook and serve. After several years working at some of the world's best restaurants in Canada, some stage in London and New York, Jason moved to Newcastle in Australia and then met Moran's Aria at Barangaroo House, Sydney. Over the eight years he was there, Jason climbed the ranks to head chef and also worked on the road with Matt before transferring to Moran's neighbouring Barangaroo House restaurant, B. In 2019, Jason moved to Melbourne to lead the Stokehouse Kitchen. One of the main reasons the move to Stoke House felt right for Jason was Van Handel's views on a deep commitment to sustainability, and we talked at length about this. I learned so much from talking to Jason, and I can't wait to get back to Stoke House at sunset to soak up more of the joy. Hi Jason, thank you. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Welcome. Thank you. I'm just sitting here thinking, do you ever get sick of this view? No, not unless it's like pouring rain and it's like smashing on the thing. And yeah. All these leaks in the dining room. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Less romantic, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful space though, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I mean, and the, the sea's right there. I mean, yeah. you can see the beach. It's, I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. I love how the dining room is like humbled down as well, like with the unfinished wood and stuff like that. And then you look up there and you're like, whoa. Yeah, you know no, absolutely. I mean? yeah. And that's the thing too. I think in so many cities, there's lots of waterfront oh. eateries, but Melbourne doesn't really have that many. Hmm. So I guess that adds that extra special thing as well. Mm. Yeah, quintessentially <laughs> Melbourne, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, how was... Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Are you from New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm from Christchurch, though, so... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting. So you must have a firm friendship with uh, Josh now. Is that what's yeah. happening? Doing these yeah. reciprocal yeah, so he, Yeah, he came in for lunch last year... When was that? August, I think. Mm. Maybe July. Uh, and he loved what we were doing here and it's really similar to their values and, and stuff like that and we met and chatted and mm. came up with the across the ditch uh, <laughs> kind of concept which is yeah. you know a nice. lot of fun and um, we had their 
lunch here. We did a lunch here because he loved, obviously, this. Just yeah. like you. you just, where's you where's Onslow? Is that in the o- city? Auckland's kind of at the top of the hill, if you know, near the Pullman mm. and all the... Okay. Kind of like a, it's a new, newer developed area. It's a gorgeous area. Okay. Gorgeous building. Yeah, but really. not, no view? Uh, no, not... Oh, uh, there's one side that has a nice view. Yeah. Um, but it's like a, a beautiful dining room. Like, mm. it's a dining room where you're, like, very much encapsulated into the moment okay um, yeah. yeah yeah and so where do you start when you're doing a collaboration like that how do you do you start talking before you go or do you wait to get there and see what's there what's in the market or? yeah it was uh we just had chats like back and forth a lot of zoom meetings in those days yeah. <laughs> and um and then we just talked about like produce driven is everything that we do here and it's a lot what they do and, and procurement of like premium produce and like different produce and and smaller producers and you know stuff like that and so that was pretty pretty big part of both venues um obviously we're not super high end here but we're still pretty high end Mm. you know what i mean um and they're in a very similar kind of they don't want anyone to be scared to come yeah you know what i mean something for everyone like birthday celebrations or you know friday lunch whatever whatever suits your vibe yeah um and they're very kind of similar so then we just said why don't we just do course by course um so when they came here it was like they did a snack we did a snack they did a snack we did a snack um they brought some new zealand stuff over which was pretty cool like power and stuff like that it was really interesting to use um which is really actually tasty and then (coughs) you know their techniques as well a few of their techniques were really nice and then we did a similar thing when we went over there we brought you know we showed off the king of the sea coral trout um which is you know australia's best fish in some circles Mm. um and then we brought over our gun guy lamb which we (coughs) which we champion Mm. Um, and yeah, we did a few other little bits and pieces, okay. snacks. Talked about the sustainability thing. Yeah, no, I'm interested to hear a bit more about sustainability things. I think that's really taken off in New Zealand mm. as well. They've got that whole it's yeah. really big food movement there now that's yeah. really into that and um, sustainability and obviously seasonality, but that goes hand in hand. So, what's I know you're doing lots of mm. things for sustainability at Stoke House. What we, we, we start. <laughs> mm. Tell me about your ethos and what you're doing. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it started with uh, when Frank approached me, like, five years ago. I was at Aria and at B. Uh, he approached me and he said, we're doing this restaurant. We want to get five Green Star, one of the first in Australia of this size and this magnitude. Because it's normally just, like, office buildings and stuff like that are, that are, you know, five Green Star rated. But to run, design, and you know, run a hospitality business under that is like, it's, they basically wrote the book, you know, and, and all the, the back work that went into that. And mm. I wanted to be a part of that. Um, and then, and then just slowly as, you know, I came on and we just, I just made a lot of rules here. I started to add rules like instantly banned cling wrap, you know, um, we reduced like lots of reduce of chucks. We don't put anything under our cutterbirds except for like little rubber rings, you know, instead of, using a towel that just goes into the laundry or whatever or chucks that just go into the bin you know just lots of things and then you just add on to that and add on to it and slowly add on um the recent things we've done we've added on Barty to our kind of um portfolio of sustainability i guess which is um Barty is a system where they have one billion black soldier flies who 
they pick up our waste, our food waste, or whatever we have left of food waste. Um, that's including what's cleared from tables, stuff like that. Everything goes into the Bardi. Um, the black soldier flies kind of, you know, lay their larva and they attack it and they eat it. And the larvae then is fed to fish farms. Wow. Yeah, and then the um, compost or so whatever. So it's a big container. It's a huge container. Wow. Yeah, um, Phoebe's an absolute legend and who came up with it. It's a world first as well. Uh, you can go to Bunnings and you can buy the Superfly. It's called Superfly and it is super plant food. I use it on my plants at home. She gave me a little thing. Unbelievable. My plants just like exploded. Because wow. there's so much protein that's in the black soldier fly casing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's mind blowing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. And, um, yeah. and then I, there's, is there a fish project as well about yeah. consumer fish put one back? Yeah, so Chris Gillies is, um, you know, he's been in the industry forever. He's a, a microbiologist. I've, I can't do the same justice that he talks about it, but he is an absolute beautiful human and, you know, he's doing the right thing. So mm. he's starting this program, One Fish, Two Fish. So for every kilo of fish that we buy or shellfish or whatever, it's money kind of goes back to them. <clears throat> and then they are helping building reefs or habitat or, you know, grass fields and stuff like that into the ocean because no one's really doing that because it just what happened in Port Phillip Bay is it used to be like like a plethora of seafood and there was like everything here is you know shellfish lined the waters like everywhere you know what I mean it was you know like there was endless food here and then we just dredged it as humans we just dredged it yeah uh, and ruined it and it takes forever for that to build back or it'll never rebuild back unless we help it Mm. Uh, and so he's helping it um and that's you know and just to be one of the first to jump on board of that like there's not many businesses that are able to do that you know Mm. especially in hospitality but I feel like if we're doing the right thing we hope more people follow you know what I mean and and that's right. Well, I suppose, I mean, hopefully these things get, I want to say, less expensive, but, you know, like it, well, there's a right. financial element, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, definitely. Um, and also a huge organisational element. Already when you're planning for a restaurant, this is a whole other level to think of all those other things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally, totally. And, and, and Frank was genius, like the, the foresight that he had where he was, you know, I wanted to build a restaurant for my grandchildren. Yep. Like, thinking about that is just like whoa, that's like hectic foresight in a time that no one was really thinking about sustainability or it was just started to like come on the map a little bit here and there. Mm. Now it's like front and center, you know? And the problem is like, in my opinion, there's so much greenwashing. And so we feel like that's why we try not to scream it too much. The rooftops is not too much in your face. It's just, it's just a part of what we do day to day. The team is behind it. We have a great team that just gets behind it. We have the best kitchen hand team in, in all of Australia, I bet, because <laughs> they have to do so much extra work. Yeah. You know? Mm. You know, Shuck Don't Shuck is another one where they pick all of our oyster shells up. They get inoculated in a bath, and then they get dropped back into Port Phillip Bay, and that creates, like, a, a, a reef from the shells. Okay. So a new reef is built from oyster shells, which is, you know, helps more plants and, you know, fish life marine life come back absolutely wow and on a food level um you know using everything everything a question like how easy is that is a stupid question but how how easy is that it's it's a lot of extra work (laughs) yeah yeah and it's a lot of extra labor which is again in hospitality isn't an easy thing nobody works well there's still people that do but restaurants are moving away from 80 hour weeks you know is a bit more of a balance which is great and that's 
also sustainable in a lot of ways in its own right. Oh, absolutely, that's know? right. And, that's, and, and we are very much a part of that. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's smart, <laughs> smart labor in a yeah. way, you know what I mean? Picking your battles, stuff like that. But yeah. So what have you got on your menu at the moment that that would be an example of using everything? Yeah, so with our current flathead dish, it's uh, we're calling it... Uh, uh, what do we call it? Fish color nuya. So it's like the color of the fish that usually gets you know, mm. bin and, and around the head and the, and the tail and, and all the stuff on the bones that gets scraped and we turn that into a nuya and then which then gets turned into a sauce, mm. like a really rich like spice driven sauce. And that's served with flathead and it's absolutely delicious, but like you wouldn't really know that it's such a focus on sustainability because it should just be part of your everyday you know, life. That's you right. Know what I mean, yeah. We take tuna heads and tuna frames from the market that normally just go in the bin. We scrape them. We serve it on our little tuna belly bite with watermelon. Absolutely delicious. Mm. Yeah, stuff like that. And how do you find out about that stuff? Is it um, just research? Pressure. And- and pressure <laughs> constant gentle pressure <laughs> <laughs> okay necessity is a great teacher yeah. yeah 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 constantly like just the suppliers you know i'm very lucky to have the suppliers we have and we deal with a lot of very small producers mm. and that's super important to us mm. you know very important to what we do here mm. absolutely and where did it all start for you are you someone mm. who always knew that he wanted to be a chef Yes and no. I wanted to be a pro snowboarder, and then, um, I'm, you know, like it kind of goes hand in hand, working nights, and then um, yeah. I broke my back, and you know all the injuries that come with snowboarding, and then um, I was already working in kitchens, and I just loved it. Mm. Loved the team atmosphere. I loved that whole element. I loved the rush. I loved the adrenaline, and then it just kind of continued on. I started working in better and better and better kitchens. Mm. Spent some time in Alaska on private boats. You know, catching the seafood I serve. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, diving for abalone and diving for urchin and, you know, it's just special. Mm. And that, <clears throat> so you started, they all started in Canada. Yeah. And then, what, let's say Alaska, and then was it London or New York? Yeah, so I did like a stint at 11 Madison. Um, it's really hard in those days was for a Canadian to get a visa or, it, you know, it was costly and I didn't really have the money as a... 23 year old mm. and so I just did you know a bit of time in that kitchen and just felt the environment and, and just feeling and how they work and, and what they do and the level of precision and the passion and all that mm. and, then, um, and then I traveled South America for a little while and then I ended up in Australia and, and um, worked at a place in Newcastle which was a two-hat restaurant called Bacchus and it was a very very good restaurant and then from there I went to Aria I got headhunted to Aria and to work with Ben Turner and Matt Moran and um, that was there for seven years. Uh, moved up to head chef there. Um, and then I went over to B to work with Corey Campbell um, and Tom Haynes. And we got the hat there and then Frank approached me and here I am. <laughs> and is getting, um, is getting hats, is that important to you? Do you need accolades? No, no, I just how want to do, you, do the right thing. How do you know you're doing the right thing? The team, team tells yeah. everything, team yeah. is everything. If the team, you know, wants to get behind something, you know, you're on the right path. Mm. You know, it's all about inspiring the next generation. I think there's like a bit of a wish wash with um, how things are reviewed and, and stuff like that. So I don't really get too focused on it because you don't want to get, you know, caught up in it in a way. 
Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you about that because um, I'm increasingly finding um, reviews hard to read. Mm. I, I feel as though that top-down reviewing is outdated now. <clears throat> I don't know what in, in what other industry, and I might be wrong, perhaps this does happen, it probably happens in sports, but that constructive criticism is, is published for everyone to read. Mm. I just... I do think, you know, obviously, you know, diners are coming to eat and they pay money and so there has to be a certain standard. I just don't know any more about this reviewing where it's like, this was awful, don't go there. You know, like... <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Word of mouth is everything. That's right. Those are the places I go to. Those are the places I want to go to. I keep in my little community. You know, the rest is kind of... Mm. Mm. I had said it's noise. Like, I, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And, yeah. And, and, you know, I just trust who I trust and keep my community small, and that's what it's all about. Mm. And it sounds as though, I mean, we've already touched on um, sustainability in people, um, <clears throat> and obviously well-being sounds like you have a really great team and that you, it sounds as though you're really supportive of that team, but um, how, apart from the hours, how do you deal with well-being amongst your staff and yourself? Yeah, um, I guess it's, for us, the hardest change when we really pushed to like a kind of like a, a shorter work week was people not working on their days off. Um, that was a hard one. And for a lot of chefs, it is hard because you're like in my position, I'm always checking my email or, I'm, you know, and so I really focus on trying to not have my phone or, you know, if I'm, if I'm with my family, I'm, I'm, you know, or if I'm with my son, I'm, you know try my best to like put my phone away and just focus on the moment and that's like we talk about it a lot in our briefings and stuff like that and taking care of each other um that was a big shift that was a, i think that and that's a shift that is still slowly happening because i get caught up in it as well like a phone call on my day off or you know something like that or something's happened here and you know anything anything can happen right so it's um that was hard and it's yeah. still hard and i yeah. still struggle with that and i think you know leading from me to try not to do that and so then it shows the sous chefs not to do that and the head chefs like mark you know him not to do that pastry chef my pastry chef ash we try our best you know what i mean we mm. respect people's time that's that is the biggest thing is respecting people's time and you know for me it's getting outside um, I have to be outside as much as absolutely possible. Mm. So whether that's golfing or in the water or whatever, um, that's super important. Yeah. And then do you get back to Canada very often? I haven't been back since COVID. No. Um, so I had a son and uh, my family has been over and, and my partner's family has been over and she's in the UK right now, which is hard to be away yeah. from them, but yeah. that's just kind of the modern family we are in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll get back there definitely get back there and is the food scene how, how similar is it to australia it's pretty different i'd say um yeah it's it's quite a bit different yeah in a lot of ways it's mm. less media ah. i'd say mm. there's less media there's still like obviously you know master chef and top chef and all these shows and, and stuff like that but it's i don't know it's less of a I'd say it's less of a scene unless you're in Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal. <clears throat> the rest is kind of, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's very different, I'd say. Um, and being, you know, I was from a landlocked city, so it's, um, seafood is a very different thing there, whereas like Vancouver, the seafood is unbelievable and it produces everything. Yeah, yeah. 
With all your experiences in mind and with, I guess, the way that the industry is changing, um, what would your advice be to someone who is thinking about becoming a chef? I'd say, like, you have to want to do it for you, mm. you know, and you'd have to really want to do it because the first, you know, 10 years, just listen and learn and listen and learn and take in as much as you can. Don't try to move up too quickly because you'll regret it. Mm. You'll feel like you missed something. Um, I was lucky enough to have great mentors along the way that said similar things to me, but just focus on your craft, focus on your hands, listen to your hands, you know, listen to your taste buds, use taste everything as much as you can, um, you know, and then, and then go from there, but don't rush, like take your time, really take your time because opportunities come and when they do come, they come quickly, you know, so just take your time and focus on the small things, focus on everything around you and and your team like you won't you'll be so surprised who you'll see later in life from people that you were you know work, working on a line with somewhere and you'll be like wow how are you man like it's wild how this industry works it's so small yeah yeah just to pick up on something you said about taste buds and tasting everything are you still able to be surprised by flavors or yeah. do you feel like you've had them definitely <laughs> you haven't had all the flavors no definitely like um I don't, like I'm sure people have talked about it but like Ross is a friend of mine at Sarai and, and tasting a lot of like Filipino foods as you know it's something new you know yeah. what I mean like it's not you know like in Canada there's lots of Filipinos but I and I was part of kind of a Filipino family for a little while but like having those flavors in that kind of environment it's cool mm. you know stuff like that or oh man there's so much out there is culture focus I guess you know what I mean like cultures yeah. cultures just kind of come and go and flavors come and go but food trends are funny like fashion and and where do you get your inspiration then I guess uh, mine is like relationship based hmm. so first it's like if someone's doing the right thing then I will take it to the next level and, and try what they're doing and then and, and go from there um but like anyone, it just comes with anything, you know. We, my partner and I, you know, we go to galleries and we see things. And we're like, oh, that could be those colors, you know what I mean? And then like, oh, that, that makes sense. Oh, that could be something. Yeah. Or, you know, like a takeaway shop, you know what I mean? Like our famous potato cake up here yeah. started in the fish and chip shop downstairs. And then we did a really bougie one, you know, and we started with caviar and, and urchin and like all these things. So it's, it can be anything. The humble potato can go so far or... Anything can be bouged up in a way, you know? <laughs> nice. And what would be your go-to comfort food when oh, you're not working? It's a tough one. I'm a big fan of Heaney's chicken. I make it at home. Um, that would probably be up there. Nice. You know, just clean and feels healthy and stock and everything like that. Yeah. We, and plus we eat like lots of the veg at home, so um, we don't really eat too much meat. Lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it was nice. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Jason Stout at Stoke House. You can check out all the goodness, and there is a lot of it, on Instagram at Stoke House Restaurants. That's S-T-O-K-E-H-O-U-S-E Restaurants. There are some incredible food photos there. <laughs> If that doesn't get you down there, well, do think about the sunsets. Gorgeous. 
And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with the Chef. You can also read the chat and become a subscriber at www.conversationwiththechef.com. I would love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks so much for listening and have a great day.